This is gonna be fucking fun. Ryan, you are in the hole with Major League A-Holes, presented by Revolution Brewing. For the first time in, what, close to a month, I selfishly went on vacation for a couple weeks. You son of a bitch. At least three weeks since we... It's three weeks. It's like three weeks, like, on the dot. On the dot, Uh, okay. On both both things we recorded. People were breathlessly awaiting episode 112 that is now upon us. My DMs are lighting up. Are you guys ever coming back? I said, don't worry. We'll be back. Stay strong. Hashtag stay strong. <laughs> MLA strong. <laughs> That's what we should have. See, why don't we think about these things free? We could have, when you go away for a month next year, it's going to be hashtag MLA strong. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. I'll work on the t-shirts, wristbands, whatever it takes. <laughs> We are fucking back. <laughs> oh my god! There's been a few things that have been going on since we last joined you. Uh, there was a trade deadline that came and went, but I mean, there's the not teams, much to say. <laughs> the teams we're talking about tonight, there's not a whole lot to talk about. We will find things to talk about, though. That uh, I've got my general manager of my Detroit Tigers was relieved of his duties. Uh, Here you go. About a month and a half too late, but we'll get to that. You've got a little gigantism over there you need to speak of. Ooh, uh, yeah. There's some Cubs Cubs talk we need to talk about. We've got some shit you couldn't make up. And we're going to have Asshole of the Month because it is worthy of an entire month of uh, assholishness. But we've also been gone for a month. So I think everyone knows where we're going with this. But if you're looking for White Sox talk, if you're looking to hear Pete Vent about his 21 to 5 loss, this afternoon Ooh, I, that I was at that you were actually there that day. Uh, I've seen two blowouts this year. You're in the wrong place though. We're, we'll be talking about that on socks type thing. Our socks dedicated podcast. We actually recorded episode eight earlier this week, uh, right after I got back from vacation. So we'll be talking about that on episode nine. So check that out at socks type thing on Twitter and anywhere you'd like to find a podcast, but Enough of your White Sox, as all I can see in the near background there is White Sox shit. But at least I'm, I'm wearing a Giants hat. So. Okay, nice. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the news. Now here's the news. It's the news. The big news. Oh fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents this week in baseball. El Vila. He gone. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it was about a month and a half after I called for his head. Uh, the Tigers chose to allow him to run yet another uh, amateur draft, as well as another trade deadline, which he has obviously failed seven years in a row. <laughs> he's failed his test, two tests every year, and he's failed each of them. Uh, the you, know, you I've questioned the timing of this. I was calling for his head. I think it was the beginning of June. I, I actually I think it's the po- I posted this on majorleagueholes.com that he needed to be gone because I did not specifically did not want him running another draft or a trade deadline. 
And that's a, it's a bit naive and irresponsible on this podcaster's part, but I can do that because that's what we do. <laughs> social media pundits, yeah. like irresponsible social media pundits like you and I can say whatever the fuck I want. It's a little unrealistic that the Tigers would have fired him midway through the season, be- you know, just weeks before the draft or the trade deadline. You know, it's not like they were going to get it, get their dream, you know, replacement GM in there in, the, in that amount of time. But right. The idea, though, is just to have someone that has proven that he's been that incompetent for this many years to actually be at the helm for it. You know, another another series of pivotal decisions for for the franchise is, is why I wanted him out out didn't have a a candidate to replace him obviously but that's what i'm frustrated about right now that you you wonder about the timing it was a week after maybe a week and a half after the trade deadline officially uh that he was relieved of his duties yeah it was it was it was it's quite i mean i agree with you 100 it's questionable that if he if he's not there to do what little you just he have did his at the assistant GM deadline, running things. Yeah, so. and, and he could have equally done what what he did, right? Uh, I mean, I mean, are you are you happy with like the trade deadline? I'm gonna get into that actually. That, that's connected, but you're right. Um, you know, he was. Uh, well, here, let me get back to the time. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. He, uh, I think he was fired a week after the trade deadline because it happens to coincide with 2023 season ticket sales launching right now. Yeah, I know. Isn't that interesting? All our teams launching 23 season tickets in, yeah. in all chaos. Yeah. So, <laughs> th- I mean, that's the typical business cycle of, of baseball teams this is when season tickets go on sale for the next season. So I think the Tigers marketing department and, you know, hopefully savvy ownership realized that the face of Alavila would not be one that would sell tickets for 2023. So, you know, giving some kind of false hope, at least, at least Avila's gone. You know, there's no, no word on, you know, who potential candidates might be other than reckless speculation, which I will definitely get into. But you mentioned that, you know, the specifically the trade deadline, how the Tigers didn't do much. And that's going to be the theme of this show where all of our teams did very little. I almost think, you know, the Tigers traded Michael Fulmer, who was on an expiring contract, but they had several expected. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, there were several relievers that could have been could have been trade candidates. And, you know, it was even speculated that someone like Turk Skubal could have been traded. But uh, fortunately, he was not. Unfortunately, he's out for the season with an elbow issue. So I guess I don't know if that's that's a blessing or a curse. But I here's my conspiracy. One of my conspiracy theories of, of the night. I think ownership told Al Avila he was gone. And, but he would still be allowed to run run the trade deadline at least. But they kind of handcuffed him and said, you can only deal players with expiring contracts. You cannot make deals that you know could affect us, you know, players that are under control for more than one year. We don't want to get rid of those, you know, because you've shown no no trade acumen in, in your entire career to make make a good deal. So you can trade Fulmer. You know, because he is an expiring contract and that's not going to, you know, what are we going to do? Might as well try to get something for him. Don't do not trade Gregory Soto, who you could argue would have been more valuable on the, tra- on the trade market. Uh, but he's under control for several years. Yeah. So. I mean, the, if, if they're, if the idea is, the idea is obviously they're going to compete 
sooner than later. Jesus Christ, I hope it's well, 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 you know, that's the idea. We, we, in, we, we all know ideas don't always play yeah. out, listen to well, socks type thing. But, um, like, you want Soto around. Yeah, you want, you want a competent general manager to have all the tools, all the resources available to him. And anything the Tigers have of value, you don't want someone that doesn't know what they're doing trading, trading those away for right. potentially pennies on the dollar. So that's my, that's at least my, again, my conspiracy theory. That I don't, it just, it's just odd that it's one week after the trade deadline that he's let go for several reasons. But I think, I think they're, and the fact that they did very little, even though Al, you know, two weeks before the deadline said, you know, we're open for business. Anything's on the table. And that's where right. Scooble was even mentioned. And that, Right. That's where I was completely crestfallen. The idea that we'd have to give up on one of the few shining, shining uh, health at that point, healthy, uh, healthy young pitchers that we had. Uh, of course, that has gone to shit subsequently. But, but you know, with that, I the the problem with that was, and I and you and I talked about it, you know, a few weeks back, was when you when someone like Scoobles' name goes on the table, then you're talking about starting over a rebuild yeah, 100, then, yeah 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 so at least like you said like not that it you know elbow injury okay is he having tommy john or i have not I mean, seen that yeah um, but yeah you know, it's, it's not good whatever but yeah regardless i i mean i don't know it's I, I just feel like his hands were tied and I think that came right. from ownership down because, you know, just the timing of everything. So, well, the obvious next question is who would replace Alavila? And there's been plenty of speculation about that. The, the dumbest and most obvious names you hear are Theo Epstein or Jeffrey Lunau. I mean, Theo Epstein has no interest in, I don't think he has any interest in I, managing like, no. in the general manager for any team, president, general manager, whatever title you give him for any he's, team, let alone the Tigers. He's doing good. He's doing yeah, all right. He's fine. He's loving life. He's proven proven himself beyond the shadow of a doubt. Uh, he does not need to prove himself anymore. Maybe maybe you'd like the challenge is the only thing mm. uh, you could you could uh, hope for. He wants to be an owner. He he's going to be part of an ownership group at some point. That's his, that's his next move. He's working with major league, in Major League Baseball's main office. You know, trying to reshape the game right now into a, yeah. a more positive product. Uh, he's got much larger goals, I think, than than being a general manager slash president of any team, let alone the Tigers. I, I think that's that's foolish. But hey, I mean. Chris Illich needs to at least make a phone call, see if see if it's possible. Jeffrey Lunau, of course, the disgraced uh, former president GM of the Astros, who lost his job because of the cheating scandals out there. Obviously, he's you know he's probably made a scapegoat in ways similar to AJ Hinch. Um, he may not even been aware of what was going on. He certainly has built a an impressive franchise. Uh, that has been taken over by others subsequently, but I feel that's a, un, a bit unrealistic. There's a little too much Astros stink to that, you know, ha- having the the manager who was let go and the GM who was let go from that organization running the Tigers. It seems a little, a little too much almost. Um, I do think AJ Hinch is going to have an influence on who will be the next GM for the Tigers. 
which is kind of strange to think about to have, to have your manager be being in a position where he can, you know, help pick his own boss. Uh, but I think he has that kind of clout in the organization. Um, and there really isn't much else that the organization has to hang their hat on. I, I think there, there could be a connection, you know, maybe there's somebody there I've seen lists, you know, that talk about different uh, assistant GMs with the Astros that might be perfect candidates. I've seen essentially uh, the art, the athletic wrote an article about basically every successful organization every one of their assistant gms could be a candidate which is fun to, to write about and speculate about i'm not i'm not going to waste everyone's time going through each of those but i'd love to have somebody in a forward-thinking organization come to the tigers to take take the reins you know somebody from the rays somebody from the dodgers you know somebody from the astros if it has to be those kind of teams you know i don't know nobody really knows who the perfect gm candidate is but miguel cabrera <laughs> it's fun to fun to speculate about the first person and the actual photograph for that feature article I, I referenced and the the athletic mentioned Jason McLeod, which sent shivers down my spine. Uh, <laughs> Shiver me timbers. Formerly of the Cubs organization, who is essentially well scapegoated or to blame for their failure as he was the running their drafts for the majority of the, of the Theo and company era. And that has been their failure other than drafting at the top, you know, top of the draft to get, you know, such, such players as Chris Bryant, which probably, well, he actually fell into their lap because Mark got, got drafted by the Astros number one overall, but you know, he, he was not able to draft any pitchers. And that is why essentially Theo failed on his promise to build a platform for sustained success. Uh, McLeod was removed from draft, those duties. Excuse me one second. I just have to make a correction. Okay. He did draft one really good pitcher. His name was Dylan Cease. Okay. That's all I, I knew it was going to gonna be some fucking snarky. Comment, <laughs> you're right. Uh, the yeah, you're cracking yourself up over there. I'm dying over here. Yeah. After being at a 21 to five loss, I gotta make jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand. I'll give you some uh, leeway, but <laughs> <laughs> thanks, buddy. Um, you know, McLeod was removed from those duties. He no longer ran the draft. I forget what right. position they put him in, and then he was removed from the organization. He's currently a special assistant with the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, which means he he can uh, chime in on conversations, I guess, but I don't, I don't know what kind of official responsibilities he has with that mediocre organization. So I would be against Jason McLeod, I guess. Yeah. I understand. I think you're, I think you're, I mean, I remember us talking about how McLeod like was demoted and and all Mm -hmm. that. And that was sort of, was that, was that, that was towards the end of Theo leaving, right? It was, I think it was in probably 2019. Yeah. I think it was, they called it a lateral move, but they he definitely lost his draft responsibilities, which right, kind of a big deal. Um, I, forget <laughs> what they, I think they put him in charge of minor league player development or whatever yeah. title they gave. Him. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but it was certainly a demotion. And then obviously it doesn't even work for the organization anymore. So whatever, take that as as you will. But I I was kind of uh, disturbed that his photograph and he was the first one mentioned in that athletic article, which is a 
uh, media outlet that I respect immensely. So I know. <laughs> that, so that that worries you, right? I am worried. I am worried for <laughs> sure. But, uh, again, you know, you can talk about GMs, you know, recklessly speculate who who it could be yeah. or who would be the best at it. Nobody fucking knows. I I guess the one idea that I really didn't like besides Jason McLeod would be the Tigers promoting somebody from within. No, no, you got to go outside. Well, they've, they've made some young hires recently in the front office, you know, after Al finally decided they needed to have an analytics department five years ago, 20 years after everyone else was starting to build their departments. But uh, there are younger candidates that aren't, don't necessarily have the same stink uh, that Al, you know they're not necessarily proteges of Alavila, but they were brought in by him. But I, that would I would find that disturbing. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be real fired up about that. It, it kind it would kind of tie in to why they didn't make big moves at the trade deadline, though. Too, I, I was thinking potentially, you know, they are just gonna. I hope not, but maybe promote from within. They didn't want to make any big moves, but they knew they were getting rid of, of Al and, you know, they're just going to let somebody else step in. But at the same time, they could have announced that, that hiring already, if, if that's what they were going to do or that promotion from within, if that's what they were going to do. So, right. I think, I think that's probably off the table and that, that will make me feel much better. But again, it's, it's going to be, you know, it'll be the off season before we find out, you know, Texas just lost, just fired their manager and their president this yeah. week. Uh, I don't know if he would be the right candidate, but there's going to be openings so. all over the place. But now there's, there is competition at least now. Uh, you know, I don't know if Texas is a better job than, than Detroit. They do have a lot of assets, but they also have a lot of liabilities considering the money they're paying. Oh God. They spent a what a quarter of a billion dollars, more than a quarter, maybe a half a billion dollars this past offseason. Draft basically signing every every one of the the big name shortstops, uh, putting them in different positions. The Marcus Simeon and what's his fuck from the Dodgers, but uh, yeah. So that I guess that's the one thing that the Tigers are, you know, they wanted to move on sooner than later to kind of get ahead of things, but now there is already competition in the market. The, you know the the best candidates are going to decide whether they would like to be in Detroit or in Texas now and probably going to be more to come so we will be right on top of that as as news develops did they sign Chafin to a multi-year deal uh I think he has one more year on his deal so oh, okay yeah okay so that that makes sense now okay speaking of Chafin uh he had made some history last night. I don't know if you saw this, but he actually came in in the eighth inning, struck out the first three batters, and still gave up six runs. It's never been done in Major League history. I'm, I'm, I saw that. This is all I heard while I was watching the Sox last night was that, you know, the Tigers were doing us another favor last night, and they then were. all of a sudden it was eight to. Yeah, that, and literally it was all of a sudden. It was the. Third strike, third strikeout, the third strike actually got dropped or it hit it actually hit home plate and got past Eric Haas. And so the so the batter stole first. And then literally everything that possibly could go wrong did go wrong, just bleeding, you know, you know, bunts it, essentially swinging bunts, balls that just were hit just ridiculously perfect, bounced in, landed in just in the 
you know, Bermuda triangle between every, every possible player, three, three or four hits in a row like that led to most of the damage. Then there was, they brought in Alex Lang who gave up a double and maybe two doubles. I don't even know. Just completely fell apart. Even though Chafin had three strikeouts before anything happened. Just crazy. That is nuts. So yeah, we made some history last night. The only other Tiger news to talk about while I was gone is Miguel Cabrera spoke of retiring before next season. And then he quickly retracted those statements the next day. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do. I do, I do remember that. He, he was he's, talking. He's a Tom Brady, man. Yeah. Well, not quite that bad, but uh, one post game interview, he was talking about how shitty his knee has been. And he was obviously very depressed and uh, kind of emotional about it. And he's like, he had, wasn't sure if he was going to be able to come back for 2023, which probably makes sense, you know, for an aged man like that, who has obviously had many injury issues over the years. And, you know, he plays through all of it and you could see how it was getting him down. And that's why he has no power this year. He's been hitting for average the first half of the season. That's, that's kind of gone to shit now, but you know, he's obviously can't, he can't, use his back leg for any leverage. That's how bad his knee has been. And he, I think he was very discouraged about that. And you know, mentioned that he might not be able to come back for 2023. The very next day, miraculously though, he said 100% he will be back for 2023 because I believe either his agent or his wife potentially reminded him that he'd be leaving $32 million on the table. <laughs> if he didn't come back. Uh, so that was quickly, quickly swept under the rug. Miguel will be back in one one form or another for 2023, but I thought that was at least worth worth talking about for my Tigers over the, over this last brutal fucking month. It has been a brutal month. That's yeah, sure. that that that's all I've got for the Tigers for now. Um, I don't know. We might as well we might as well move right over to your Giants for some gigantism. Oh. Next question. The next question, because it was stupid. He hits it high. He hits it deep. It is out of here. Sorry, uh, Papa's feeling pretty uh, delicious right now. Going to step into the box, go three for four, eight RBIs. Got him. Well, the the trade deadline is about as, as exciting over here. The yeah. Giants were free falling into the trade deadline. And of course, I was thinking uh, perhaps they would do something to replenish um, a much needed, uh, even though their farm system is, is in the right direction, but you had an opportunity to replenish it with, with moving on from Jock Peterson and even maybe Carlos Rodon. You also had pending free agents and Brandon Belt, Evan Lagoria, and Wilmer Flores. They're mm. all on the team still. Everyone, all five names I just mentioned are on the team. So that means all, you're going for it. Yeah, we're go six for ga- it. As of today, we're six games out of the wild card and twenty-two and a half out of first. I think no. we got this. I think we got this at wow. five hundred. At five hundred, we're. I feel we're, like this happens to you every year. Like somehow the Giants decide they're on the they're on the razor's edge every year at the trade deadline, and they always decide to go for it, and it just it fucks you in the ass every time. Yeah, I mean, they made really 
like just like the Tigers, they made very insignificant moves. They it doesn't matter. They traded Ruff and they traded Casile. Uh, they did get JD Davis back from the Mets for Ruff. Not not that that's that's somewhat decent. Uh, um, he's more of a DH, but you know he can provide a little bit of pop for them. But game changer. I mean, not, there's nothing nothing. Nothing to make you go, all right, well, we've made our farm system even better. And nothing, obviously, that is going to make you compete any better for this year. The What I heard about Rodon was basically, you know, he's had a year where he can go out and probably get a big-ass fucking contract next year. Yeah. He's uninjured. His, he just keeps excelling. And he's got, he hit the mark, the 115 innings to opt out of the 20.5 next year because he can go get more money. So he was essentially a rental, even though he has, he has the two-year contract, he has the ability to opt out for it, of it. So of course he's going to opt out of it unless he suddenly gets injured in the next, you know, month and a half. Mm. There's no way he's not going to opt out of it because he's going to go get a, even a bigger payday than what he just got yeah. with, with the season he's had. So instead of trading him, trying to trade him as a rental, they were like asking for the moon. Mm. And apparently they, they were doing the same thing with Peterson, who's doesn't even have an option or anything. Wow. So it's just really strange. And, and again, there's been a lot of speculation how a lot of teams didn't do as much as that we thought they would. And a lot of that had to do with teams still sort of hanging around and had larger asking prices because of more teams, less, less players out there because more teams were still in the race. And I, I think the giants missed an opportunity, Mm. you know, I think they missed a real opportunity to get some decent players back. Uh, for both for both Peterson and and Rodon, but uh, they blew that, and you know they they just lost like two games in a row to the to the Diamondbacks, who are shit now, and Yikes. they're back at five hundred. Like I said, they're six games out of a wild card spot and twenty two and a half out of first. They're they're going they're going nowhere, and this is the reality of what we thought this team was two years ago. It's come to fruition. And not moving any of those guys at the trade deadline has done nothing to make a major swing in the opposite direction. I mean, what is the expectation for next year? I mean, a very busy offseason based on the trade deadline is all I can say. So mm. that's all I that's all I've got for the for the Giants. I just felt like the trade deadline was just a huge disappointment where they had a, uh, more than a few opportunities to make a splash and, and get, and, and really like get some talented people back who talented players back who could possibly be up in the next two or three years. But instead we're going to walk into the off season with just a big ass fucking question mark. Cause I can tell you, we're going to have to fill a pitcher spot because Carlos Rodon is not staying. And you got nothing for that. Like we said, the trade deadline uh, not being very active has been our kind of the theme of the show as my Chicago Cubs similarly didn't do a whole lot at the trade deadline. 
All right. Here's the rub. I'll tell you one fucking thing. I hope we get fucking hotter than shit just to stuff it up them 3,000 fucking people that show up every fucking day. Who stinks? And another thing I'm going to say. I've won over 1,800 games in the manager, and I'm not a damn dumb. 85% of the fucking world's working. The other 15 come out here. I don't know what the big deal about Cracker Jack is. Specifically, the boys hugging it out, Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ, neither of which were traded. The very uh, thing I joked about yes. right before we went on vacation was... Wouldn't it be funny? Wouldn't it be hilarious <laughs> if all that hugging and crying was for nothing? Hug it out, bitches. <laughs> Maybe they're just maybe they just love each other. They're just loving each other in the dugout. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with a couple hugs and some tears. Uh, but maybe they didn't have as much value as they both thought they had. Well, <laughs> they certainly I mean, didn't have geez. as much value as Jed Jed Hoyer thought they had. That's for uh, sure. Jesus, because neither were moved. One thing I do need to bring up, specifically with Wilson Contreras, is I think we mentioned it on the on our on episode 111, close to a month ago that there was kind of a, a small story uh, where the international draft was not ratified by MLB or the MLBPA just before the trade deadline happened. And that was significant in that we went back to last year and previous year's rules where there would be draft compensation for free agents who rejected qualifying offers in the off season. And if that international dra- international draft had been uh, created, that would have eliminated that somehow. I forget how they were tied together, but that, that right. was the that was the key factor in that. And that's why we didn't see a whole lot of trades early. Uh, there, most of them are closer to the trade deadline, simply because everyone is waiting to find out what the landscape was. What what are we what are we playing with here? What what are the rules going to be for next year? And once that did not. Uh, get created that that kind of set up told everyone well you are going to have draft compensation for any free agents that you extend qualifying offers to that reject those and i think what happened with specifically with wilson Contreras is i think the cubs will be happy to extend him a qualifying offer even if it, I, don't, I don't know what that cost is right now i forgot to look that up or what i don't even know if that's been calculated yet it's gonna be a hefty price for whoever but I think they'd be happy to sign him for maybe an expensive one-year deal, or they'd also be happy to take draft compensation considering, uh, I mean, that's got to be more valuable than whatever offers they were getting for Contreras. So right. I think that's the mitigating factor. I think they win either way. Cause like I was saying before, I wouldn't mind Contreras. I love Contreras. He'd be great to have on the Cubs, but I don't want him f- for a five-year deal or anything like that as a, as a 30 year old catcher, he's, his skills are going to decline, even though it's helpful to have the DH now in the national league, but his value is because he can also catch and he is going to sign, you know, he would sign for, I mean, he's obviously looking for a long-term big money deal. I don't mind the Cubs, you know, signing him for, I was going to say a three-year deal would be acceptable, but if they can get him on a qualifying offer and he agrees to it for one year, even better. Why? Why not do that? So I think that kind of made more sense to me. Why? Why Contreras wasn't traded, even though it seemed it seemed like it was inevitable that he would be. And of course, he thought the same thing as he was hugging it out with Ian Hap. Hap, you and I talked about 
his possibilities of being traded. Year, I mean, yeah, we definitely thought it was a lower possibility that he'd he'd be gone because he's had you know his breakout year. Why not hold on to him for another year? Although he's tailing off a little bit here in the second half, but you know maybe that's just a couple bad weeks. But so I guess in context, you know, it's a it's a funny headline, and you think of the pictures of them hugging it out. And it's funny to, that neither of them was, were traded. But if looking back, you know, understanding the full picture, I think it, I think it makes some sense uh, why that didn't happen. I, but I think part of that is you know Hoyer maybe overplayed his cards in that you know they they thought they were going to get a lot bigger offers for Contreras or Hap, and it seems like all GMs in that position were kind of slapped with a dose of reality as we didn't see those kind of deals get done. So yeah who was traded from the Cubs made it's kind of a mixed bag too. Dave Robertson, I thought was the number one trade commodity and they did indeed trade him. I thought that made a lot of sense. They also traded Zach or Scott Efros, which I thought was, I think it caught a lot of people off guard because he's under control for several years, having a breakout season, uh, very well liked in the clubhouse. He's been on Ian Hap's the compound podcast a few times. Uh, fun guy. he, I think he's he's famous for almost being out of baseball at one point several years ago, and uh, I think a pitch, Cubs pitching coach encouraged him to try to th- throw sidearm at one point, and he just tried it, and it started to kind of work for him, and then it started to really work for him, and it made him into a dominant reliever right now with right. a lot of value. So it's kind of perplexing with that much control though, that why the Cubs wouldn't hold on to him. But mm, the only thing I can think of is maybe they were just absolutely blown away by the offer they got. And the, the pitcher, I forget the actual name of the pitcher they got for him was such a, of such quality that well, shit, we might as well cash in right now. Maybe they think he might have elbow issues down the road. Who knows? But it, that was kind of a head scratcher. I don't think many people saw Zach Ep- or Scott Efros. Zach, I think I want Zach to say Efron? Zach Efron. Yeah, every time I don't, I don't even know well, that, who that, that is. Is he a pop star? What is he? Is he an actor? He's an actor. He's he okay. he's, he did one. Uh, he's done a, a couple funny movies. But uh, I, I I did admit something to you earlier during the Tiger segment, similar to your Zach Efron uh, thing. When I was making notes for this show, I put. Instead of El Avila, I put Bob Avila, like Bob, <laughs> Bob Vila, like Bob Vila, and I'm like, this, this, not right. I'm like this is not right. I'm like, this is not right. What is wrong? I'm like, oh, it's L. That's it. He may or may not be the new GM of the Detroit Tigers eventually. Bob, <laughs> Bob Vila may have done just as good a job as Al Avila over the last <laughs> seven years. That's great. Oh shit. Yes. Other big Cubs news includes the outright release of Jason Hayward. He gone. Uh, I think we kind of speculated and I've seen speculation of this over on the, uh, I speculated this, I think two and a half years ago, but yeah, (laughs) he had been on the IL since June 27th with right knee soreness, which may or may not be 100% true. Um, but uh, while I was on vacation, Jed Hoyer just unceremoniously released him, announced he would no longer be a Cub. I'm not sure if that means he's out of the organization. I feel like this is where I'm going to get into Hayward's legacy because it, it's he's such a good dude and such a, a team leader. He just happened to get really bad at baseball. 
over his Cubs Cubs tenure. So, uh, I'm wondering if the Cubs will actually create a you know create some kind of hopefully an unpaid uh, ambassadorship if he wants to remain with the organization. Um, they don't need to pay him any more money. He's been paid going to be paid 184 million dollars for his mediocre services. That he keeps getting paid for another six years, I think it is. Oh, is it? Yeah, there's some deferred money. There's deferred payments. So he might be an ambassador on those deferred payments. Yeah, yeah. Bring him into the office and let him do something for them. It's four. Actually, it's it's four. It's four more years after next season. Well, Ricketts has the money, so I'm not too worried about that. Yeah, no, exactly. Who cares? Yeah, you could say his legacy is really going to be that fucking World Series speech. Yeah. The most famous speech ever, the most expensive speech ever, but it's also you won the World Series. Yeah, it's Who almost the, it's also the most valuable speech ever. So why not pay one hundred four eighty four million dollars for that? So uh, if, if indeed he can be credited for what the Cubs, his Cubs teammates have credited him for, uh, that speech changed everything in uh, Game Seven of the twenty sixteen World Series. So you know he's also starting to build a youth academy, baseball academy on the west side of Chicago. He, he's not leaving the city. That, that's kind of why I think he might have some kind of role with with the Cubs somehow. And a, another reason besides he's going to be continued to be paid by them. Uh, but he's just he's just a great guy. I just wish he was got he could hit while he was a Cub. That's the only thing he he was a very good fielder. I think we saw those skills kind of decline over over the last few seasons, but he's just never been able to hit consistently. So it's it's unfortunate. But I think overall, you know, people just because he's he's a good guy and had had that role on the 2016 World Series team. I don't think people are going to you know his reputation is not going to be you know what a bum why do we have this guy on our team why do we pay him this much money looking back in in the future i think we're gonna look fondly upon jason hayward um hopefully the other piece of cubs news uh also leads me into my favorite segment aesthetics hey kramer what do you think of this shirt it's too busy you know what you two look like dorks (laughs) <laughs> they look like a couple of dorks. I think it's the stupidest shirt I've ever seen, to be perfectly honest with you. You look like a fool. Can I say one thing to you? And I say this with an unblemished record of staunch heterosexuality. Absolutely. <laughs> it's fabulous. Field of Dreams game. Did you catch the Field of Dreams game last week? Uh, one week ago i decided much as i would do in any other time two bottom dwellers were playing in a baseball game i just chose not to watch it yeah i i didn't have the choice i was traveling back from my vacation i was actually uh on my way to chicago but unfortunately that game was on fox and even though i have mlb tv i cannot watch nationally televised games those are blacked out on the service I pay 130 bucks a year for. So I couldn't even fucking watch the game, which is hilarious. Uh, it ended up being the highest viewed, best ratings at least for this season for any major league game. It was 3 million something. That happened to be half as many as last year's field of, 
field of dreams game between your Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees, which was very predictable. You and I predicted this, the, the moment the field of dreams game in 2021 ended that it was a mistake to try to do it in 2022 because it would be a shadow of that game. There's no way it could live up to what that game ended up being. Cause first of all, the novelty of last year, it had never been done before. They right. Did it. They did and it. delayed, delayed an entire year because of COVID. Exactly. Yeah. They did an extraordinarily good job, which I think they did again this year, but you know, they had, huge team i mean the yankees are actually going to obviously going to draw more than anybody they were a playoff contender you had your chicago white Sox, who were among the best teams in the american league at that point uh there's two contending teams playing a pivotal game in an extraordinary setting and that that's why i'm bringing this into aesthetics because this game is all about aesthetics playing playing in a cornfield playing in a a beloved baseball movie setting um having the throwback uniforms, all of that. That's uh, all, all part of the fun of the field of dreams game. But I, you and I both agreed. It was, it just was not going to be the same in doing part two. And yeah. I mean, as Twitter said, like we know why there wasn't a field of dreams part two film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just could yeah, never live sequel. up to the first one. Yeah. yeah the se- there's no sequel because it could never live up to the first one. And it's really just a, you're never going to know, right, when you do this in the preseason, how good those teams are going to be going into that game, right? right. And it should, and, and there's no way to. It's not like a game you can pivot, right? Like you got to pick your teams and and say, these oh, are that's your teams. done a year in advance yeah. for sure. Yeah, right, right, right. That's not. It's not a pivot game like you could do on a Sunday night baseball game or something no. like that. You know, change the time a week in advance or something. So. The idea that they may be moving away from it being like just at the Field of Dreams and moving it to different regions in the U.S. at historic possible sites makes way more sense to me than throwing some, you know, throwing hope at the be at the a year in advance. Yeah, that both of your that the that the matchup is going to be. Like you gotta, you gotta, if you gotta do, if you're gonna do this, you gotta consistently, and as much as I hate to say this, if you wanted to be successful, you gotta consistently have like the Dodgers and Yankees and yeah. those, those teams who are always at the tops of their divisions kind of involved in this. I would argue it doesn't matter. It was already played out that the novelty of the first game was was so magical and the, the way that game played out was ridiculous. Oh, it, 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 you can't multiple unless, walk-offs. Unless you, <laughs> unless you scripted it, you, you couldn't match it. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were doomed to begin with. I don't think it mattered who was going to play. It was going to, it was not going to have the same kind of ratings or the same kind of feel as, as the first time. Uh, you know, the Cubs obviously playing the Reds, as, as you mentioned, I don't know how many people thought the Cubs are going to be as shitty as they have been this year. I think a lot of people could see the Reds being very shitty, just an underwhelming, underwhelming matchup, but it didn't matter. It was going to, it was doomed anyway. And they're not officially doing a, another field of dreams game next year, but that sounds like it's only because they're, they're building I think Frank Thomas owns that now. He, he does. He does own it. Yeah. They're building some huge complex there now to have more of a permanent, permanent facility and building other things like a youth Academy. I'm not sure everything yeah. else that's going on, but construction uh, is stopping them from doing that, which 
it's a blessing in disguise because I don't, I don't think they should do it. I think there's other creative things Major League Baseball can do uh, besides specifically the field, you know, capitalizing the field of dreams. There's there's plenty of other ideas. I've heard uh, do the official Major League recreation game, do the do the uh, Guardians versus the Brewers and have Bob Euchre call the game. The best part of this idea I heard was put it on Apple TV where there are no FCC regulations and let Bob Euchre swear his face off <laughs> as he would. Uh, I love that idea. There's uh, been other talk about, you know, maybe having a game somehow in Brooklyn, kind of recreating the Brooklyn yes, Dodgers. That, that was one of the things that that's one of the things I heard too. I've seen uh, reviving historic Negro League stadiums. I think there's, yep. I forget where this was at, but it sounds like there's a really nice stadium they could play a game at, honor the Negro Leagues, do something really cool like that in a smaller, a smaller type venue that is, you know, just doesn't typically get Major League uh, fanfare around. I think all those things sound cool. I've heard like a Sandlot, the Sandlot idea. I don't know how that would play out, but there's tons of ideas out there. We don't have to run the Field of Dreams game into the ground. And I feel like this this game kind of already did. I you know, it got got decent ratings. Obviously, it was the highest rated game of the major league season. But I think that was those numbers would continue to go down. You know, the other part of aesthetics, obviously, is the uniforms. Uh the Cubs wore uh, like a 1920s throwback. I forget exactly where it was, but we've seen those before. That, that was not a unique thing. The, the Cubs actually went through a litany of, I think all of their throwback uniforms back in 2014, the 100 year anniversary of Wrigley Field. They basically wore a different throwback uniform every home series that year. Yeah. So we've kind of, they've kind of gone through all those. The the biggest story out of the Field of Dreams game, though, of course, was the creepy hologram of Harry Carey singing the seventh inning stretch. I don't know if you saw that online. I did. I did see it, yes. The weirdest thing about that is they kept calling it a hologram, but it was not a hologram. Uh, people at the game could not look up in the booth and see a hologram Harry Carey singing. It was just CGI for television. Oh, so, they didn't they didn't do that expensive. There's that expensive technology where the people see the stuff at the game now. They did not do that. They did not do that, which is hilarious. They kept calling it a hologram and it's it just simply wasn't. It was all for television. They could see it on the scoreboard, the video scoreboard. You could see him if you were. Oh, uh, that's hilarious. I didn't when I saw it when I saw it, I thought it was a person. I thought it was an actor. Uh, I thought it was somebody dressed up poorly dressed up as Harry Carey. That was the other thing. It didn't really look like Harry Carey to me. Maybe he gained like 50 pounds in, in heaven or hell, wherever, wherever he happens to be. Or it came out either, of the corn, dude. If either of those exist, but uh, he looked a little portly. I, I didn't, it didn't really look, look that much like him. I didn't think I, that's why I thought immediately, Oh, this is just like some actor. It was like Ryan Dempster dressed up as him <laughs> and doing, doing his shitty impression. Hi everybody. Come <laughs> yeah. on, let's that's, that's pretty good. That sounds just like Dempster do, trying to do that. But so, I mean, that was the funny, weird story about it. Um, people were kind of creeped out by it. Some people liked it. I don't know. Did, I mean, you're going to be negative. I was in, about I was, it. I, no, I'm not going to be. I love Harry Carey. I told you that earlier in, in when we were talking about. Is it bro- weird? Broadcasting, I mean, kind of exuding- broadcasting duos and how Harry and Steve have a special place in my heart. That's true. Yeah. And Harry, you know, was with the White Sox in my youth. That's who I grew up listening to. So don't you um, find it kind of, I kind of creepy to like essentially 
exhume the corpse and reanimate yeah, the corpse of Harry Carey in front I of the I kind of get it, though, because, I mean, the, if you're talking about Field of Dreams, it's about ghosts playing baseball, man. It's so, true. yeah, ghosts. Like, it, it fits. It fits with the that game. It, it would be creepy if every game we went to at Wrigley Field, there was a CGI <laughs> Harry Carey that yeah. was real, C, or not CGI, that there was a hologram oh, Harry Carey. They leave, like, an empty, yeah, an, an empty space in the booth. <laughs> Oh, there! Here comes Harry. Yeah, I mean, maybe fans, I missed... fans at Wrigley Field this week were surprised when they thought Harry Carey appeared back from the dead and left the field screaming, as they were not <laughs> aware of the new hologram the Ricketts family spent two billion dollars on. I like your connection with ghosts and the movie and all that. That that does make a little more sense in in context. I, I like I said, I missed the broadcast, so maybe they made that connection. Yeah, I didn't a watch more, the a little more clear. I just immediately thought like Cubs, sure. historic, le- legendary. The entire anyone who's a baseball fan knows about the seventh inning stretch and Harry Carey. So like, it's ghosts and corn. It's field of dreams. It just all made sense to me. So. Like I didn't watch the game again. If it was, if the Cubs were like kicking butt, and if that was like a divisional race, I totally would have tuned in. Like, sure, uh, for sure. Like, because to me that would be better than the All Star game, but which yeah. I barely watch that either. But um, it just it just the matchup just wasn't there. So when you know when you do games like this, I mean, it's hard. It's hard, but you gotta. I mean. I didn't think the Cubs are going to be as bad as they are, but like you said, I knew that. I think we all kind of knew like, whoa, you guys went with the Reds. You didn't go with the Cubs Cardinals. I mean, even, even as bad as the Cubs were, if you went Cubs Cardinals, that there's like just such a rivalry there. It makes sense. They will be doing Cubs Cardinals in In, London. I know London's calling buddy. You talk like you're from London. (laughs) Yeah, they will be back in London. Uh, I forget who played there a couple years ago. I'm sure it was the Yankees and somebody else. But uh, there have been games at Wem. I believe it was Wembley Stadium. Maybe maybe it was someplace else. But so this will be at least the second time that Major League Baseball will be in London. So that's kind of cool. I'll, I'll yeah. definitely check that out. Hopefully the Cubs will be better and more watchable. That I think is all I have for the Cubs, unless I forgot anything. No, it's it's I've I've got I've got our outline here, and Field yeah. of Dreams is what you we were ending it with. One thing, uh, back to the aesthetics thing for a second, because you know I love aesthetics. Yeah, Did you, you do. do you find it annoying? I found it annoying that, and I know it was just like the general C at that time, but then you find it kind of annoying that how much the jersey itself they looked alike. Like the Cubs C and the Cincinnati C were the same exact C. That is an like awesome the, question. Yeah, it's it's almost the same as the Chicago Bears C on there. And the C the Sox had at the same time. It was like the C that was like Major League Baseball said, this is the C you have to use on your uniforms. <laughs> yeah. But if you're doing a game like this, like. Change dude, it up. Like the Cubs hat, fa- one of my favorite logos of all time. Yeah, the, the, bear the little with the bear bat, with a bat. bat yeah. Awesome. But like the jersey, and then seeing the Cincinnati jersey, I'm just like, guys, you you got you got enough history. You got that that elongated C with a little flare on the back. That also is the exact shape of a like an industrial toilet seat. 
I did not know that. Well, I've seen that you. comparison well, made many times with the Bears logo. You may have seen that on social. Well, uh, maybe I, yeah, I may true. have posted that. On yeah, I probably on did. our football uh, Twitter feed. Well, I'm sure I've posted that several times. But yeah, that C is so ubiquitous from you know 100 years ago. It it, it was kind of played out, and and the fact they could have chosen to use any any logos, any yeah. any of their historic uniforms. It's right. kind of funny. That's a, yeah. That's maybe an astute. They- that's a very astute uh, observation from a non-graphic uh, designer. Well, maybe it's maybe it's because both teams are in the shitter, so maybe that's oh, what they wanted to see. Well played, sir. Ha! Well, on, on good that, night, everybody. Yeah, on that note, <laughs> we'll take a break. I, yeah, I think we need to take a break here and, and regather ourselves. <laughs> and be back right here on the Wordhole Media Network. Wordhole Media. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? This is Pete from Major League A-Holes, the show. And are you enjoying our podcast? Well, if you are, why don't you show us some love and support us and get something in return at our new aesthetic shop. Do you like to annoy your inner town rivals? Then White Sox fans like to buy a Rizzo Suck shirt or you fucking A's fans get a Posey Suck shirt from our Ass Face of the Franchise collection. You want to celebrate the legends of baseball? We got the hammer, the bird, the wizard. Oh, the great catfish hunter. As the great Hawk Carrollson used to say, he loved catfish. That's from our badass collection. Or do you want to just support your area? So you got the Northside, Southside, Motor City, and Bay Area collections. Again, all of this is available at aesthetics.shop. The official shit of Major League A-Holes. Well, I think now that we are back, we should move on to one of our favorite segments, our staples, shit we couldn't make up. Oh, you guys like to tell jokes and giggle and kid around, huh? What have we got here? A fucking comedian. <laughs> For a turkey cemetery. Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. First on my list, probably on everyone's list, uh, of course, Chris Sale being injured once again. Oh boy. Uh, he obviously came off Tommy John surgery earlier this year, only to be hit in his first start back. I believe it was his first start back uh, where hit in the hand where he obviously broke his pinky. It was in a, at a grotesque angle on a yes. comebacker uh, while he was rehabbing from that. He crashed his bicycle. I think it was two weeks ago now. And broke his wrist and is now out for the remainder of this season. I'm not sure if you recall this, but many Red Sox fans do, as he signed a three-year, $145 million extension three years ago. He sure did. I remember. I think it was five years ago. Maybe I misspoke. It was a five-year extension. He signed this three years ago. He's now in the third year of that. He has had a total of 14 starts under that contract it's a good thing 57 and a third innings which means he has been paid 1.5 million dollars per inning on this extension so far yeah so that is some serious shit i couldn't make up yeah i mean i told you back when he was traded from my beloved White Sox that I was happy he was traded because I thought he was going to have a lot of injury issues. Mm. Now, I did not anticipate one would have to do with falling off a bicycle, 
but I thought, you know, we, you know, I always had speculated with his, his, his he has a violent motion that it looked like his arm was going to break every time yeah, he threw. Yeah. That he was going to run into issues later in his career. And he's and, so, he's so frail looking anyway. Yeah, he's like the so, thinnest dude ever. So, and it turns out he's a fucking head case too. So we've, we've, we've chronicled that extensively. Yeah. On but yeah. Animals. Yeah. That is that when he fell off the bike, I, I wish no ill on Chris. No, I love, I loved him when he was on the white Sox, but like, I just started laughing. I, I, just, just a... I can't imagine. I mean, it's, it's unreal. I don't, he, I mean, obviously this is not a long-term injury, so he'll be back for the start of next year, but and not much ROI on that uh, investment from the Red Sox. The MLB network posted, did a post on uh, social media about worst records in MLB since July 9th. And this was on August 17th. Now, no surprise, like Nationals, Tigers, Marlins, Pirates are on there. But, and shit you couldn't make up, the Yankees are the oh. third worst with a 333 winning percentage. And they are an 11 and 22 since July 9th. Wow. I mean, if they were hypothetically, because I believe they lost to the Rays last night. No, they won in a grand slam, oh, walk off grand slam by oh. the bringer of rain, the maker of rain, whatever his nickname is, Josh Donaldson, you oh, know, a I former didn't... asshole of the week. Wow, I didn't see that had happened. I had no. moved on. Shit. So okay, so they won that. <laughs> so, but hypothet, I mean, if they continue to play at that pace, they will give up the division to the Rays most yeah, likely. Yeah, they had like a 10 game lead. I think it's down to 6 maybe. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misremember or maybe I don't know what it was after after the dramatic grand slam, walk off grand slam. Oh, of all people, that just makes their, me sick to my stomach. Their miniature golf course of a stadium. Yeah. Much like every other stadium in that fucking division, but um they are they are 10 games up on Tampa Bay and Toronto right now. All right. so, I think they'll be all right. I think they'll uh, be all right too, but everyone has a bad couple of weeks, but yeah, that that's kind of remarkable for that easily the, the best team in the first half that the it, Yankees would be struggling so much. And I really don't feel bad for them. I don't, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, sometimes you get that big lead and you become complacent and you kind of coast into the playoffs, but then that can sometimes affect you in the playoffs too. So we'll see if that key... plays as it. They've had some key injuries as well to their pitching staff and their bullpen. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, Giancarlo Stanton is out. I, I don't know if any other position. Well, DJ LeMayhew is day-to-day, -day, I know, because he's on my fantasy team. But they, So they've suffered some injuries here in the second half. But they, I'm not too worried about them. But, yeah, that was a little shit you couldn't make up that I uh, had forgotten about when we were discussing it earlier. Well... Some shit I couldn't make up is Rodolfo Castro <laughs> from the Pittsburgh Pirates was caught with a cell phone in his back pocket as he slid in. I believe he was sliding into third base. Yes. It flew out of his pocket. <laughs> uh, many people were speculating, why the fuck would you have a cell phone in your pocket? And he could not explain why other than he just had no idea he left it there. Um, kind of a pathetic excuse uh, especially after the Astros scandal and, you know, all sorts of conspiracy theories talking about buzzers and other things. There are rules about handheld devices, about smart devices in the dugout, prohibiting those. 
uh, just because they can be used to send signals to batters or whatever. Uh, somehow he said he had it in his pants and he totally forgot about it for apparently the entire game. Cause I feel like this was late in the game where he finally uh, was actually sliding into third base, came flying out. I th- was it the, somebody the was pointing. The third base was like, he's just like, there's a phone on the field. <laughs> just he didn't, too yeah, funny. He, he didn't say anything. He just pointed to it like, dude, <laughs> fucking idiot. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Uh, he pled ignorance. Uh, unfortunately, he has been suspended for one game, which he is appealing, which is bizarre. Like, you, ha- we all saw the phone in your pocket. You're not supposed to have a phone in your pocket, whether you put the wrong pair of pants on or whatever the fuck your lame excuse is. You're guilty. How are you appealing this? So I'm, I'm confused about that. Maybe it's the Players Association saying, just their blanket policy. You have to appeal every suspension and hope for, hope for the best, but it seemed absurd to me, but yes, that was certainly some shit I couldn't make up. Well, some shit that I could make up, which is going to be our last one for this evening is our good buddy. Someone we used to talk about quite a lot. uh, The legend, the legend Pete Rose yeah, Mr. I choose Dan- not to talk about him anymore, but I'll, yeah, I'll, let you, well, I'll, and I'll probably say something, but I'll, this is too perfect not to at least bring up. So I'm glad. Yeah. So Pete Rose, 81 year old Pete Rose, uh, a uh, female came out uh, uh, claiming that he had underage sex with her uh, back in the 70s. Um, and yeah. R- Rose was at one of his, he was at Philly actually. He was on the field. Uh, he, he was going to be honored with his induction into the Wall of Fame in in Philly or something along those lines. And uh, he said, "No, I'm not here to talk about that." When he was questioned about it by a uh, female reporter, for, right? Alex, yeah, Alex Coffey, a female reporter from the Philadelphia Inquirer, and then he said, "Sorry about that. It was 55 years ago, babe." So, um, you know, this is borderline asshole of the week material here. The fact that yeah. he, he, fine, he doesn't want to talk about it, but it's kind of a weird place to bring that up. Actually, I don't yeah. know how, how often reporters in Philadelphia have access to Pete Rose, but you know, if he's being inducted into the wall of fame, or I'm sorry, that's honor. the first time he had been back there since he was inducted into the wall of fame. Um, you could see how he'd be caught off guard by that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, his response, I mean, it's just, it's too perfect. You know, saying I'm not here to talk about that. Uh, it was 55 years ago, babe, you know, just the, yeah. just dismissive, sexist, uh, misogynistic. It's just too perfect of a response from a piece of shit like Pete Rose. So, yeah. And when you, you know, you read deeper into the story and I'm not going to, we're not going to talk about that right now, but mm. yeah, I don't know any of the it, details, it, so I don't want to get it's just part of the weeds. On yeah. This. We, we could go on f- about this for quite some time, but it's gross no matter how, you, how it shakes out. Yikes. So that's all I'll say. Yeah. That's some shit we couldn't make up, but like you said, uh, and shit we would never want to make up. Yeah. Border so. borderline asshole of the week. So I guess but speaking of that, yeah, I think that transition us nicely into asshole of the week. What is your problem, you insensitive asshole? Pardon my French, but 
But you're an asshole. Who the fuck is this asshole? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. We're actually going to call this Asshole of the Month. Personally, I haven't done this for close to a month. But also the magnitude of, of this assholishness. I keep saying that on these podcasts. I, I think that I think that's a real word now. I'm just going to make it a word. If it's assholishness? Not yeah, I like it. Assholosity, whatever. Uh, you might have heard that one Fernando Tatis Jr. tested positive for steroids performance enhancing drugs i was aware of of this while he was just about to come back and complete the the most what some people were saying was going to be the best offense in baseball Mm -hmm. it could still be but even without him they were doing quite well and trading for juan soto uh should bolster that as well but fernando tatis jr did indeed uh get suspended 80 games the remainder of the season for ped use uh, but which is, you know, we've given many different steroid abusers our asshole of the week dishonor, and this just goes to a whole nother level because he's been on the IL all year, of course, because he crashed, crashed his motorcycle uh, in, the, in the off season. And when he was asked uh, about when his motorcycle accident occurred, he said, which one? Yeah, <laughs> implying that there are multiple motorcycle crashes in his off season, which damaged his body in multiple ways and made it so he has not played a single inning of this season for a World Series contender. And he is also, in many ways, kind of the face of baseball. I feel like baseball is trying to make him their face, and uh, he has failed in that capacity uh, on multiple occasions and multiple levels. Beyond just the testing positive his excuse for uh why he tested positive is incredibly lame equally lame if you will saying he he was using a cream a cortisone cream to treat ringworm which came from uh essentially a bad haircut he was receiving a haircut and caught a fungus of some sort was his idea of an excuse. And he was having to take a cortisone cream, which of course cortisone is a steroid. Uh, specifically this, this cream was to fight ringworm, which just the, the idea of ringworm just kind of grosses me out to begin with. But <laughs> what's interesting about this excuse and what's also laughable about this excuse is it's not the same steroid that he was actually uh, suspended for. It's spelled and pronounced differently. There are a few different letters. It's it's similar spelling, but it's not the same. And actually, again, I keep referencing the compound Ian Happ's podcast. They they talked about this. Uh, Everybody knows about the ringworm steroid cream. Just don't use it. But they also know it's not the same one as what people get in a real anabolic steroid. It's not the same thing. You can, I think, you can actually use this ringworm cream and not be, not be suspended. It's another substance that's spelled and pronounced slightly differently that he actually got banned for. So it's just laughable that he's trying to use that excuse. Uh, so the other part of it, of course, is is his father, Fernando Tatis Senior, came out uh, vehemently defending his son, 
and essentially making him him out to be a victim in this whole situation, oh, which is God, yeah. absurd. He's saying uh, for such a minor mistake, my, Major League Baseball is lose is going to lose millions of fans because his son will not be playing. I don't think so. Yeah, I think that is grossly overstating it. Uh, essentially, he thought he should get a free pass because, of course, it is his son, and he is Fernando Fernando Tatis Jr. He's able to do anything he wants. You, you know the other the other comical side to this whole thing too is you you can uh, file a, an appeal, which Brian Braun did and won. Yeah, back in 2018 because of a similar type of situation of, of medication he was using that is that whoever was handling that review cited on Braun's side and he was never suspended. So if he were truly using, he was suspended another, a different time for doing PEDs, but no, right. Yeah. For, but this, but but this particular time, um, but yeah, if it truly was that, which we all know it's not, but if it truly mm-hmm. was that, you could you could appeal it. So yeah. don't if you're going to use that as your, as your excuse, take it to the next level and actually appeal it. But it he, was so laughable that yeah, he couldn't even do that. So well, why he's an asshole is because he's treating all of our us as fans as assholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just good. fucking either don't say anything or just own up to it. I yeah. screwed up. I think I think that speaks to the immaturity and the lack of acumen, the, the just being completely oblivious and ruining, you know, his reputation for for nothing. It's just it's so fucking stupid that that dude signed a three hundred and forty million dollar contract, which I don't think can be voided because of PED use. But uh, maybe if he's banned from baseball, with, if he has two more strikes against him with PED use, maybe it can. But the dude has played 273 innings in his entire career, or 273 games in his entire career. Yeah. And he's being paid $340 million for that. That is how little he's actually played. And that's, you know, mostly because of injuries. But I don't know. It's 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 a waste. It's, you know, he's he was such a popular dude, such a, you know, a fun, energetic character. And this season is just, in a complete disaster of his own doing. I mean, everything he has done this this season, this offseason, during the season, he's just completely ruining all of it for himself and everyone. And, you know, do we make co-assholes of the week, the, the Tatises, senior and junior? I, I don't know. I think that would I would think that would work pretty well. But obviously the the catalyst for all this is Tatis Jr. just being a fucking moron. I mean, how, how, how dumb can you possibly be? Exactly. Well, I think this wraps up uh, our, our conversation for this episode, unless you had any shit Pete forgot or anything else you want to add. No, I got none. All right. Well, that'll wrap up this episode 112 of major league a holes in the hole. You can find us on social media, all social media, check out our YouTube channel. Like I got to keep promoting that. Trying to trying to blow that up a little bit more. We're also, of course, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find this podcast anywhere you'd like to find a podcast. And with that, I think I'm going to declare this podcast is over. Peace. Peace. Yeah! Jesus fucking Christ, it's about time. Uh. S-S-H-O-L-E, every
so, and I'm proud of 